Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Our show today is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean and professional website up and running for your computer or tech-focused business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. And it's also brought to you by the DC Unconvention 2017, the second annual conference for IT business owners. Learn from fellow techs and business owners, get business strategies that work in the real world, and discover new tech. Learn more at unconvention.io. Today, we talk to Samantha Stone, author of Unleash Possible, about how to grow your business and get more clients with strategic content marketing. Specifically, we'll explore how to set up an editorial calendar and how that can save time and help you stay consistent. Plus, Paco gives us an update on his PPC strategy, and I talk about coming back to work after a couple weeks away. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also check our live stream on Facebook every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder page and click on the following tab and then select See First so that you can see the live stream jump to the top of your feed every time we go live. Awesome, guys. So today we're excited to have uh, as a guest Samantha Stone. She's author of Unleash Possible, a marketing playbook that drives sales. And she's going to talk to us about uh, creating an editorial calendar for content marketing and just content marketing in general. So we're excited to jump into that. But before we do, let's catch up on what's been going on with Paco and I. Um, so I'll throw it over to you, Paco. What have you been up to lately? Sure. I have been hosting the Computer Business Marketing Show for the last two <laughs> yes, weeks, yes, and I can say that I am so glad to hand the mantle back over to our esteemed host, Matthew Rodella. Well, let me just say you've been doing a great job, first of all, and second of all, it's been awesome to, like, as I was traveling around and stuff on on my National Guard duty, it was awesome to just be able to, like, listen to the Computer Business Marketing Podcast as a listener, and it just, like, came up on my feed. It's like, oh, there's the next episode. I can't wait to check it out. <laughs> I listened to it. I had no idea what you guys were going to talk about, and it was cool to just, like, be a listener for once and just kind of sit back and, yeah, so, and let you so, do all the work. <laughs> so a little bit of the behind the scenes. Um, I listened to the video before I recorded that you did of the intros, because since you pre-recorded those, and then I, did the, uh, I didn't listen to the following week, so I assumed that you had said what you said, so I ended up just playing on words what you said in that intro video to kind of make it a funnier-seeming <laughs> um, thing to go through. Right. So, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Talked to, I had uh, Lisa and Jeff came out. I think we got some good, uh, valuable information that we had received, and from my understanding, a lot of people liked it, so... It uh, we'll see how it goes from there. L- Sorry, we didn't, couldn't get it live. We had some uh, technical difficulties, but you know we're back now, and hopefully we shouldn't be able, to, we shouldn't have to miss a beat. So we'll go from there. Um, essentially, what we're doing now, it's been super busy. We've been doing a lot more rollouts. We've been doing a couple on sites. 
uh, actually a lot of on-sites lately. And what really has been picking it up is we did a couple of PPC updates, uh, pay-per-clicks. So essentially what we did, we made two big changes. The first one being updating our mobile spend. We actually increased it by 20%. So what there is, there's a setting in there that allows us to increase the... Um, increase anybody coming from mobile that clicks into our ads to kind of show that a little bit more of an emphasis to increase the budget. So versus if it's, let's say, five bucks for the keyword, it'll increase it to six, uh, whatever 20% of $5 is to hopefully get a little bit more of an impression and possibly that click. So that's been working out pretty well for us. And we also did a huge shift of instead of one ad group, and I'm going to be talking in the terms of Google AdWords. So for those that are not familiar with that, check out our previous episode on pay-per-click. So what I did was on the ad group, I had one ad group that had about 50 keywords. And what I've done is I've limited those keywords and have now multiple ad groups with those ads to help transition the advertisement, the impression along with the keyword and going to the landing page. So in the example mm-hmm. that I like to use, that I've heard is you have orange pencils, It'll go to a keyword that talks about something about orange pencils. You click on it and it comes to a splash page about orange pencils. So it's literally just going to be just that. So yep. if somebody's typing in hard drive can't be detected, um, operating system can't load, that will lead me into a Windows crashed or a laptop can't boot splash page. And that will help drive the conversion because that's what the client is trying to look for. Um, so that's really what we've been doing as far as on that end. We've also gone ahead and worked on some things that were, it was called Facebook leads. And I didn't know about this. So apparently Facebook leads is a essentially a squeeze page on Facebook. Um, I haven't had a chance to really look into it too much, but essentially I've seen it demonstrated. And what it does is it basically allows you to offer some type of incentive, whether it's a white paper, ebook, subscription, whatever it may be as a deliverable. And in order to sign up for it, it asks you to fill out the information like you would on a website for a squeeze page. But because since Facebook already has this information, it pre-populates it for you and sends the information. So to the user, it's literally one click and done. And we get that information versus it driving it to a website page for them to manually enter that information as well. So I thought that was a pretty cool, neat feature. I hadn't seen it before. So I went ahead and basically looked into it, um, not in as detail as I'd like to, but it's something that I'm probably going to be putting in place to help drive a lot of traffic coming in to just get potential leads on yeah, whatever so what would you or whatever. Like, what do you think you would use that for? As so far as like probably virus removals is what I'm thinking. Um, and the reason why is basically we would start off with an ebook that basically would say, hey, um, three tips to help protect or keep your computer protected or how to clean out your computer or whatever. And you're going to have the 20, 60, 20 rule. 20 people are, are going to basically love it and they're going to be all on for it. And they just want to go with your services because they have no clue what they're doing. There's going to be the 60 that are on the fence, which is hopefully going to be convincing enough with that e doc, with that document or, um, I can, I lost my train of thought the white paper, the white paper that yeah. will basically mm-hmm. say what to do. And some will either have problems, some will solve their issues, so they're happy about that. And then the other 20 that won't fill it out whatsoever, so I'm not worried about those. You don't care about it. Yep. So <laughs> that's essentially how we'll be looking at the conversions of that Facebook ad. 
Yeah, so I'd be interested to see how that works versus sending them to the website, and if that, yeah. you know, if those because it might convert better, but are those leads better quality? You know, and right? That's, so that'd be well, something to right, exactly, because it's the simpl- simplicity of just clicking one and done. We'll yeah. see how it goes from there, and then I would imagine I'm probably going to do a drip marketing, but haven't gone to that detail yet because I'll need to create a content calendar, which will hopefully we will talk about today. <laughs> Yeah, look at that. It all ties together. <laughs> it all ties together, nice. So that's pretty much it from me. Um, but what about you? I know you've had an eventful last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I've just been um, touring the state, um, playing music, which is what I do in the National Guard. So for okay. those who don't know, I'm in the National Guard band. And basically, we you know tour around the state doing recruiting um, shows and concerts and stuff and and then we'll do some army stuff and we'll do some, you know, detail and cleaning and, and we'd have to do the physical fitness test. And so, you know, we'll have to do like the rifle qualification and stuff, all of the things you still have to do when you're in the army. But we also get to go out and have some fun and, and travel around the state and meet people and, and do that kind of thing. So it's, it's a lot of work, but it's fun and it's rewarding. Um, so I definitely don't mind doing it. And, uh, I did that for two weeks and, um, you know, uh, the business kept kept rolling, and, and that's kind of what I've 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 purposely built my business um, on mostly recurring revenue. So that is, you know, tech site builder is definitely recurring, um, where you know someone signs up for a website and then they pay monthly to have it hosted and have that built the access to the builder and all of that stuff. Basically, like website hosting plus. Um, and then uh, I also have my. Uh, WordPress care plan clients who, you know, have WordPress websites that either I built for them or they had another developer build for them. And then I help to maintain the website, keeping it updated, uh, making, you know, updates and fixes to it and, and keeping the plugins and, and that sort of thing updated and, and keeping it running well. And, and that's all stuff that I have automated or I have my, um, my assistant taking care of. So, um, both with tech site builder and with the website care plans, those are recurring revenue things that I really don't have my hand in at all. Uh, Madison's doing a great job of, um, you know, fielding the support, uh, tickets for tech site builder, as well as doing all of the, um, the maintenance on the websites. So, um, that's, it's something I've spent a couple years, you know, building up to that point where I can have the business kind of run itself. Uh, without, you know, my needing to be there. So that's been great. Uh, and that's, you know, something I encourage everyone to, to look for ways you can do that in your own business. Look for ways you can have recurring income, uh, you know, whether it's, um, managed services plans or whether it's, you know, maybe managed backups or virus removals or even like quarterly tune ups or updates or monthly updates, that kind of thing. Um, look for those opportunities because it really helps. It helps you be able to take a vacation. It helps you be able to step away from the working in the business so you can, you know, work on the business as, as folks sometimes say. Um, so that was really nice to see that in action. Really, there were no big, uh, emergencies or anything like that. Things kept moving, uh, smoothly and, um, and no real issues there. And, uh, and I came back and, you know, definitely, you know, there, there, there were like project work and development work and stuff that I, need to do. Um, so I just, you know, tried to make sure that my clients knew that I would be gone for two weeks and that, uh, any projects we had would have to be on hold until I got back. And like I've said in, in past episodes, everyone so far has been understanding of that. Um, and so now, you know, I have a lot of work to do when I get back, um, 
when I got back on uh, on Saturday it was my first like full day back. Um, so I definitely you know worked through the weekend and I've been working all week. But um, you know I'll, I'll, I'm pretty much caught up now, so I'm kind of back to my regular schedule. So it's been nice. I think every year that I've owned a business and I've gone away to National Guard, it's been less time that I've needed to catch up once I've got back. And that's just a testament to, you know, putting the processes in place, getting Madison to help with the uh, administrative stuff and, um, and then just getting everything working better and more efficiently so that when I get back, I can knock things out a lot quicker. So uh, that's how that's going. And, um, you know, nothing else to report because really I haven't uh, had any, any new business coming in since I've been gone. Uh, but uh, I definitely plan to do some uh, do some digging into uh, TechSite Builder now that a couple big projects that I've had are wrapping up. Um, there's a bunch of stuff I want to do with TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is like my baby. It's the place I get to have fun and I- implement cool things. And so I've got a lot of cool things that, that I'm getting ready to implement uh, in TechSite Builder coming up. So hopefully I'll have some time here this month and next month to to have some exciting announcements where that's concerned. Cool. Um, so let's see. Uh, in the computer business marketing Facebook page, what's going on there? I actually didn't prepare. Uh, Paco, do you remember any posts or anything that were happening in the uh, the Facebook group? Any topics? I, I, I haven't been on. I haven't been in there. I've been a lot more on the road lately. So, so I'm going to pull it up really quick and see see what's been we've been talking about in there. So in the computer business marketing tips and trips. Tips and tricks, not tips and trips. That would be another kind of uh, uh, group. Um, in the Computer Business Marketing Tips and Tricks uh, Facebook group, uh, we've been having discussions around, uh, let's see. Okay, so someone, um, Brian Houston, was talking about uh, how he had been running his uh, computer repair business part-time for about 10 years, but then he took a break. And now he's coming back into running it part-time again. And he said he lost most of the clients he had uh, because, you know, they ended up going elsewhere. And so he's basically starting from scratch almost. He's got the experience of running a business uh, part time. Uh, He's just, you know, wondering what he needs to do to start getting clients back again. So he was talking about, um, you know, he's running some Google AdWords and Bing ads. Um, And I think that's if you have the money, that's a great way to get clients quickly uh, because, you know, you can definitely get in front of them when they're searching for the types of things that they're going to need uh, for your computer business. So luckily he's got a full-time job so he can maybe take some of that money and then use that to advertise his, his uh, business. Um, and then, you know, he had us take a look at his website um, and his website needs some work as far as, you know, getting a good message. Uh, someone recommended getting his picture on his website, which is definitely something that we recommend doing, um, yep. especially if you're a solo consultant like Brian is and like Paco is and uh, you want yourself your face the person they're going to be interacting with on the website so they know that you're a real person and and we, we've talked about that all before but it definitely bears repeating um, so lots of good uh, commentary on Brian's post about what he should do to start gaining new clients um, some of the uh, you know and they also talk about some of the pitfalls of taking a break from your business and then trying to come back to it um, and and it's it's really hard to convince those clients that left you because you stopped doing work to come back again, because then they're going to be thinking, you know, is this guy serious? Is he in it for the long run? Is he just going to disappear again? Um, So all that stuff is, and that's, that's why it's important. If you do take a break from your business, 
take care of your clients after you leave. You know, make sure that you refer them somewhere, make sure that you let them know, hey, I'm overwhelmed, but I want to make sure that you're being taken care of. Um, so here's someone I can refer you to. Here are some, you know, places that you can go. Here's where you can go to get help. Um, that way, you know, they, they know that you care. They know that you're, you just didn't leave them high and dry. And then if you do end right. up coming back to that, that you can, um, you know, maybe get them back if they haven't found someone who was as good as you. You know, so cool. So that's just an example of some of the things we're talking about in the uh, computer business marketing Facebook group. So search computer business marketing if you haven't already to find that group in Facebook. Um, it is a it is a private group. So we have a couple questions we ask you. Uh, very simple questions. If you're a computer business owner or in the marketing space, um, you can answer those questions. We just ask, you know, what your business is and where you heard about the group. And if you say the podcast, well, hey, you know, that's that's fine by us. So uh, definitely check that out. We'd love to have you in there and have you join the conversation. All right, so we're ready to jump into our featured topic. Before you do, before we do, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our first sponsor, and that is TechSite Builder. That is um, the company that I own that uh, lets you build a website for your computer business. So if you are the typical computer business owner who likes to tinker, get their hands dirty, and and mess around with stuff in your website, uh, TechSite Builder lets you do that. It lets you build your website from the ground up if you want to. You can add your own content. You can add your own um, forms and landing pages. We give you a, a page builder so that you you don't need to know code. You don't need to know HTML code or PHP code. You just use the page builder to drag around, drag and drop different elements, and craft a website to look exactly how you want it to look. Um, since we've released the page builder, we've got a lot of cool things that folks have been doing with it, um, creating like uh, pricing tables and different MSP uh, pages. Um, and you know, creating cool layouts, cool landing page layouts, and stuff like that. So you can dig into it and have fun with it. Or if you're you're the kind of person that says, "Hey, you know, the website, I want to leave that to someone else. I'm good at fixing computers, or I'm good at selling my business. Let me concentrate on that. I'm good at running my business." Uh, then we also have some packages where we will build your website for you. So um, very affordable. Uh, you just give us some information. We build out the website and have it looking pr- professional, presentable, and effective. And that is, that's really the key, right? We, we concentrate on making your website effective so that it can get your message across and it'll get people to contact you. Um, and that's you know the, the comments we've heard over and over again from folks who switch to TechSite Builder is um, after they switch, they get more leads from their website. And that's what TechSite Builder is built to do. So we'd love for you to check it out. Head on over to techsitebuilder.com. Um, and uh, we've got uh, very affordable packages there, 30-day money-back guarantee, so you can try it out risk-free. Um, if for some reason you don't like it, we have no problem with uh, giving your money back. It's not for everybody, uh, but we do uh, ask you just to give it a shot if you are looking to refresh your website, redo your website, or um, just want to give it a spin, check it out at techsitebuilder.com. All right, guys. So the featured topic today, we're excited to have Samantha Stone, who has been waiting patiently for us to uh, uh, get through all of our our updates and stuff. And let me tell you a little about a little bit about Samantha. She is the author of Unleash Possible. It's a book, uh, a marketing playbook that drives sales. And uh, it's she is a uh, she what's known as a, a revenue catalyst who helps unleash the possible in organizations that have complex 
selling processes. Um, so she's a fast growth, growth B2B marketing junkie, speaker, consultant, and persona coach who has also managed to find time to raise four boys with her husband, David. And that's no small feat. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, we'll let her kind of get into her background and, and, um, you know, what she's been up to and how she got to the point she is now. But I'd just like to welcome Samantha. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to come here. I love talking about marketing and growing businesses. Uh, and so do we. How to do that, right? So <laughs> um, it's actually been really fun to listen in on your conversation and hear a little bit about what both of you have been up to and um, and the work that you've been doing. So thanks, thanks for having me here. Yeah, no problem. So uh, before we get diving into the topic, uh, we'd love to just have you tell us a little bit about your background and um, you know the Cliff's Notes version of what got you here to where you are today and what you are doing these days. That's great. I'll try and be short about it. Um, so I have spent my career, I actually have a degree in economics. I did not intend to go into marketing, um, but marketing found me. Um, and it found me by way of technology companies. So I spent um, early parts of my career working for um, many different types of technology companies. I've worked for some big ones like SAP, but I've also helped launch companies to market for the first time. So where we had no customers yet, we had a product and we needed to go out um, almost all exclusively in the technology space, both services as well as um, product companies. And um, along the way, I learned a lot of lessons. I laid a lot of mistakes. I had successes, and I got better and better about what we were doing. And about five years ago, I launched a marketing consulting practice because I loved my work, um, and I loved what I did, but I needed a little bit more variety in my life, um, and I wanted to be able to serve a number of different organizations and spend a little less time on the internal politics that comes with working within a structured organization. So I still do all the work that I love. I just do it across a number of different um, types of companies. Nice. And the um, and that work is content marketing and content strategy. It's marketing planning. It's demand generation and pipeline acceleration. It's sales and marketing alignment. It's sort of messaging and positioning, market research, sort of the full breadth of things that you would expect. Um, and um, a couple years ago, I decided that I was doing really well in my consulting practice. But there were quite a lot of um, inquiries and interests that I couldn't quite serve. I, there were m more people asking questions than I had time to do on my own. Um, and I didn't want to grow into an agency. It was important to me to, to stay um, as a consultant. And so I wrote Unleash Possible as a way to answer a lot of the common things that came up over and over again, and not just to lay out a theory, but to actually give really practical, hands-on, how-to guidance for individual people or companies that were looking to make the most of their marketing efforts, whether you're a really small organization that has um, you know, sort of every penny I spend counts, every activity I do counts, or you're a really big, complex organization that's trying to corral uh, people to make decisions um, uh, who have very, very different interests and, and requirements and needs. And so this nice. book was sort of my way of uh, trying to tackle those things in a, in a really practical type of guide. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. It sounds like um, that is right up our alley. We love reading these, these, these marketing books and getting uh, different perspectives and, and different um, approaches. And um, I, I recommend, you know, that our listeners be voracious readers as Paco and I are. We love just, just picking up marketing books and every, every book you read, you, you get a, a new golden nugget or something that you can apply. And it sounds like there's a lot of um, practical advice 
in uh, in yours, and that that's definitely what we love here. So, um, so our, our, you know, our listeners are anyone from, like we talked about in the Facebook group, Brian, who is a part-time business owner. He works a full-time job. He runs his computer business part-time all the way up to, you know, folks who are running, um, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars in revenue, um, businesses with employees and, uh, and, um, you know, B2B type of businesses and stuff like that. So we've got quite a wide uh, swath of, of types of business owners. Um, but we're, we all share a passion for number one, entrepreneurship and, and running businesses. And secondly, of course, uh, you know, IT and, and computer repairing computers and, and computer services. Um, so for us, from, for our listeners, what, what would you tell them as far as, you know, why they should even care about content marketing and what it can do for them and maybe just kind of some definitions around what it is. That's a good question. So just I'll sort of start with what I, how I define content marketing. And really all content marketing is, is the use of information to build a relationship and to nurture a relationship with either a customer or a prospective customer. That's at the heart all that content marketing is. And it's developing content that I can reuse across multiple channels and and multiple different kinds of customers or buyers um, to educate them about not just what I do, although that's a piece of it, but the problems they're trying to solve, how they should be thinking about it, to be really useful to that audience. Um, And content marketing is about doing it in a programmatic way that says, Mm. I'm going to build out an editorial calendar. I know the most common questions my buyers ask, and I'm going to help answer them in a variety of ways, whether it's a podcast like this, or it's a white paper like Paco was talking about, or a blog post, or even sometimes it's a link to something else that someone else has done. And it's simply making a concerted effort to create and curate and share that content with people. And you'll both distribute it broadly to track people to you. So you might use it in some of your advertising that you're doing, but it might also be in those one-to-one exchanges once you've piqued their interest. Now, how do I convert them into a buying customer? Mm-hmm. And how do I help them make a decision to choose my business over the other 10, 50, 60, 18,000, whatever you know, number of companies they can choose to take an approach with? How do I help them make that decision towards um, not just me, but make a decision and then hopefully towards my business if I'm a good match. And so that's really what content marketing is. Um, We all do content marketing in varieties of ways unintentionally all the time. Um, Really the discipline about coming about being thoughtful about it and planning for it so that you can do it in an efficient way and measure what has the most impact for Mm. for your business and for your customers. Yeah, I like the idea that content marketing takes takes place in lots of different phases of the uh, you know the the client relationship where you know you can use it to attract them initially. Then you can also use it uh, once you know they're a lead. You can use it to nurture that lead and, and talk about more about your business and how you can help them. And then um, even after the sale, you know, following up and that sort of thing is is, is content comes into play. Um, and yeah, that, that's great to kind of think of it more broadly than just, you know, Hey, I'm going to write a blog post and leave it at that or write a newsletter and leave it at that. Yeah. It's a really important piece too, especially if you have a recurring revenue model where your customers are people that you want to renew the relationship with you, even if the service you provide might be different than what initially brought them to you. Um, you need to be able to nurture that relationship to constantly reminding them why they made a good choice to show them what you can offer them just to make sure they're using your product or service. A lot of what we do in technology is somebody will come in for a reason. They have a problem 
that you solve for them. And then that's it. They never sort of interact with you, even if what they've paid for is something broader. And so part of content marketing is make sure that people adopt the product or service that you've sold them well so that mm. they want to renew their agreement with you. They want to refer their friends to you, right? They want to advocate right. for what it is that you do. They want to be a reference. Yeah, I, be I, study. In those kind of situations, and even I've experienced it as a customer of certain recurring services where once they get you on the service, then you never hear from them again. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, you spent all this, like I saw all this, these newsletters and emails and, and all this stuff from you to get me to buy. And now that I've bought into it, what do I do? How do I, you know, how am I, how do I become effective with this? And you never hear from them. And that's something to really think about. It's really important, important in a subscription economy, right? Where I'm buying a service that I need to renew, or I'm buying a product that I need to put an add on for, or buy a secondary product. Um, We have to make sure that the, 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 we spend a lot of time and money getting them to be a customer it could be a lot less expensive to getting them to be a bigger customer than if we let them go and now try and find somebody for the first time. Finding somebody for the first time is always more expensive. And there's studies that a variety of numbers, it's always more to track somebody for the first time than Mm. to um, get them to buy something from you again, if they've had a good experience Um, and, and to drive renewals, right? So, Some of what people do is they will recommend you to their peers if they've had a good experience, but it is easier for them to introduce you to other people if they also have content to share, right? So not just, hey, this product is great, but hey, I know you're working on XYZ. Here's a white paper you thought me to. Oh, by the way, the company that produced it is really great. I love them, right? Right. Content marketing is also about enabling that kind of referral business. And I, I know for myself, Virtually 100% of my business is referral. There's a little bit that comes from speaking opportunities or people who've read my book who then reach out to me um, or some other um, light marketing things that I do, but it's almost all referral business. And um, those customers are not only less expensive to attract because they've been referred to me, but they're also of higher quality. They're a much better fit for me because the person who introduced them is someone who knows what I do well. Right. right. So they've sort of done the work of qualifying that um, that person and that opportunity for me. I like the idea of using content marketing as a driver of referrals, and yeah. I, it's I, I haven't really thought of it that way, but I, I can think of you know services that I've used, um, like by Neil Patel, who I'll see a blog post of his and I'll get to know him through his content. Um, and that's been shared to me because I, I, you know, I'd heard of him because someone else, one of my peers shared his content with me. Same with, I think, uh, Moz, you know, they have a great blog and someone had shared, you know, a Moz article with me, uh, when I was looking into SEO stuff and I'm like, oh wow, this Moz looks like a great company. And then I started digging in and then I ended up using their services. And so that's, that's a great point is to make your content you know, good enough to where people will share it and then th- turn that into a referral engine in itself. And that requires doing something that's really hard for most of us, which is to not talk about ourselves very much in that content <laughs> and what our service is and to avoid the temptation to be making it about what we do right. and to be making it about adding value. And it has to be related to our business, right? I'm not, I, I don't write about amusement parks because I sell marketing to complex businesses who have complex products and services that they sell to people over long duration sales processes. So I could write about amusement parks. I have four kids. We've been to a lot of them. 
but it's not really going to help my business if that, that gets shared, right? And, and in fact, I do some mom-oriented content because I enjoy doing that, mm, nice. um, but it doesn't help my business. It's not a business-related thing. That's a hobby that I do on the side. So we need to re- write things that are related, but not about me, right? Because my, my customers and my friends and people I've met in my network are more likely to share research. They're more likely to share a case study. They're more likely to share a how-to guide than they are my product data sheet, right? Right. And that's kind of, I guess, what you have to figure out is what, what do your target customers like sharing? Yes. And what content do you I'm like? so glad you said that. I just, um, uh, but an hour before we got together today, I was with coffee with a very small technology company. They've basically built a event management system and they have a couple of customers and that's it. They're, they're looking to grow. And we were talking and I had met with them about three months prior and I told them that they didn't understand their buyers enough and they had to go out and do these interviews and they had to share what they were thinking of publishing and get feedback. And they're like, no, you're right. Just follow your advice. I'm like, no. And they, <laughs> and they went off and begrudgingly rolled their eyes at me and like, I can't believe Samantha's making me do this. Um, but they did it. And we got together today, three months later, and um, one of the gentlemen looked me in the eye and says, I was really annoyed at you because you were telling me to go do something that I didn't think I needed to do. But you know what? You were 100% right because I went out and had conversations and we learned a ton that we didn't know. And that applies to product design and service design, but it also applies to content marketing. We often create content in our head and build an editorial calendar And we never do the most obvious thing, which is to go put it in front of people we expect to read it and see what they think. Is this something you'd be interested in? Uh Um, And it is the simplest thing we can do, both at the here's what I'm thinking of writing stage and then also at the stage where I have drafts. I want to send my content to someone who I'm trying to convince of something and see if it did its job before I publish. Um, We tend, because it's so easy to publish content today, whether it's a video or it's a blog post or it's even a white paper, it's so easy to do. We sort of write it. Maybe we send it to somebody to proofread, get another set of eyes, and then we we go live. Um, And if we don't do that, if we take just one simple step and even show it to two people who you expect to read, it doesn't have to be hundreds or dozens, it always gets better. I do this. I don't do this for every blog post, right? But I do it for my big assets. If I'm writing an ebook or I'm writing a research yep. paper, I do it for those things. And I always get feedback that helps make it better. And now I also have a couple people who feel invested in the content and they're more likely go. to share it, right? Yeah, so that's, that's sort of double duty on that. Yeah, I think the biggest piece on that is one piece I took away was understanding who your customer is going to be and who is your customer now. And for those that are starting out and just really don't know who that is, that's what we talk about building your avatar, building who is your ideal customer. And if you already have a few customers that you'd like more of, those are going to be the pool of people you show this type of content. And that's the feedback you want to get because you definitely don't want to go ahead and pick a couple of your random customers that maybe not fit the profile that you're trying to get. I can think of several of mine that probably are my favorite customers to have, and I would love more of those. And those would be the people I'd get the feedback from them. Because if any of my other customers gave me negative feedback, I really don't care, and for better words, because (laughs) I prefer to have more of the customers that, that are my ideal customers or avatars that I've set out for my business. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we use the term, I use the term persona, which is uh, equivalent to your avatar as you're describing in, in the book. And um, it's really important that we don't just take customers, we get strategic about who we want to serve. And 
Um, I always serve people that I can do a better job than someone else. And I'm not just going to do a good job, but I'm going to stand out because I've done an exceptional job with their work because I understand their business enough to not just deliver on my things, but to be have a conversation to talk with them that feel like I can add some value on top of the specific deliverable that I'm sending to them. And that's a really um, important part of content marketing is to do that work to understand what challenges those people have, what questions they're trying to get answered. How can I help them do that with credibility? Right. Um, right. Don't write about things that we don't know about. Right. Um, they may have that question, but if I can't answer it with any competence, we shouldn't answer that question. Right. We should focus on the things in the areas where we can add real value. So, um, so let's dig into the uh, the editorial calendar piece of it. Yes. So, I know you know um, this part of where you like share the the post with a few people first to get feedback. Um, a lot of people might feel like, well, I don't have time for that. Or I know a lot of feedback I get from people who are reluctant to to you know write blog posts or put together a newsletter. They just say, I just don't have time for this. And I think maybe you know figuring out how to how to schedule it and and structure it in a way that that you, you can, just like anything else in your day, fit it in um, would be beneficial. So, so what are your thoughts around that and how can people like, kind of get started? You're absolutely right. One of the biggest challenges is I don't have time to do that. And you think, like I even think of myself, I'm a single consultant. I don't have a team. Why do I need to write down an editorial calendar? It's me. But you know what? When I don't write it down, it doesn't get done, and it certainly doesn't get done with quality. So my advice to people always is you are far – there's nothing magical about sending content every day or every week, right? What's magical is quality of the content that you produce. And um, it used to be you just needed to get stuff done, right? When we first sort of went into social media and blogging and that, it was like you got to do it every day. You got to do it every day. This is, but the truth is there's so much glut right now that for some people doing it every day will be great, but for the vast majority of us, focus on creating really good things. And if that means you produce something once a month and it's really good, yep. produce something once a month. If you can do it um, every week, do it every week. Um, but it's more important that you're creating content that is valuable to the people that you're trying to serve than that you're creating content. Just checking right. off things off a list doesn't work. And so you do want to, and look, an editorial calendar, I can um, share a link with your readers if they're interested in a, in a template that they can use. Um, take some upfront planning, but once you've written down, here's what I'm doing, here's the formats I'm going to support, here's the channels that I'm going to distribute it to, it actually makes the process go faster. Mm. Um, and it doesn't feel that way, but the, the act of planning it, the act of measuring it um, is, is there. And so I always tell people that the very best place to start, if I've got close to nothing, is A, you have content you don't know you have. So go back and do a real audit of maybe not things you've published publicly, but look at your proposals you've sent to clients. Look at internal memos that you've written. Look at email chains that you've had back and forth with a client. You have more content than you think you do. So do a real audit of everything that's ever been produced and, and try and um, figure out what you have that you can already use. The second thing is map out that buyer's journey. How do they interact with me? What questions are they asking along the way? And then create just one piece of content for each of those stages of the buying process. Just one. Right? Just do one good one. Over time, you'll add to that. You'll do more. But if you have just one a really great piece of content for each stage of that journey, you're going to be in great shape. Now, 
does that content need to be a video, a white paper, an ebook, an article? Um, that's going to depend on your audience. It's going to depend on what you are comfortable doing, the medium. Some people are really great videos or audio, but to get them to sit down and write a paper is like pulling teeth, right? right? And takes so long that they never do it. So use the medium that works for you and for your audience. I like to mix it up because I think that people respond to different types of content differently. So it's nice to have variety. But if I'm reluctant to get on camera and it's stopping me from getting on camera, forget video. Like, I don't think it should stop you because, you know, we all have a different things. But, but if it does, move on and get to the medium that works for you. And the reality is that the vast majority of people who build an audience actually do it on a single channel, right? They, right. they are a YouTube star. They're not a star. They're an Instagram influencer. They're not an influencer, right? There's a channel they've developed a relationship with their audience in. And you can do the same thing for your content marketing and for your business. It's great to have variety. And if you can, I strongly recommend a mix of media. But if that is, if you're preventing you from creating content, move to a single channel. Right. And then, so with the, um, with the, the, the calendar itself, are you, how, how detailed should you get with that? Should you, you know, Put, block out a time every Tuesday afternoon at five o'clock where you're going to spend an hour uh, writing a blog post and publishing it, and then an hour on Wednesday to share it around. And uh, is is there like a a proven formula for that, or is it just kind of just whatever works for you? I think you need to write down your editorial calendar. It has to be pretty rigid about here's the content I'm producing, here's who it's for, here's the format I'm going to deliver it in, whether it's a, you know, and here's the channels I'm going to share it, and here's the date that I'm going to do those things. Okay. Whether so you block consistent. out your calendar or not is going to be sort of a personal organizational skills. I do. Right. I have on my calendar writing time. Now, I don't always honor it, right? But, <laughs> right. but because it's on my calendar, I have to move the appointment. So I'm like, oh, Thursday at five, I'm supposed to write my blog post. Uh-oh, I can't do that. Let me move it to Friday at five. But it's a, it's a constant effort and a conscious effort for me to be consistent. So you do need to write it down because here's the thing. You can publish every day, every week, every month, but you have to be consistent. If you want to build an audience, consistency is very important. And so you really should avoid being haphazard about it. But of course, only if you get to a week where you're supposed to be it and you have nothing important to say, don't make stuff up, right? Don't force it. Oh, yeah. You know, don't, don't force it. But by writing down a calendar and planning for it, you shouldn't get yourself in that situation very often because you'll have... The, you'll have a kernel and I often will say, okay, here's, I do like once a quarter, once a month, really a big tool. Once a month, I, I share a tool of some kind, some checklist, some calculator, a, a new research paper, something substantial. And then I always have a list of blog articles that I want to write, some of which I'm actively working on and some of which I'm not. So when I get to some place that I've got kind of writer's block, what I'm working on isn't working. I'm just for whatever reason, or I've just, some, I need something different to work on. I have a list of things to go to now that I can go pick from. And in my pick list is a list of source links to articles that inspired it idea, you know, just one or two bullets that are topics related to that. So I always have a pool that's relevant, right? Nice. Yeah. For my audience that I can go, go pull from. And I'm not very 
you know, I'll be honest, I used to be really rigid about every week publishing a blog. I'm not doing that as much because for my audience, I've found that the tools that I send once a month are really where they engage with me. Mm. So I've, I'm not doing the blogs as much as I used to. And that's okay because I found the people that connect with me really want these hands-on resources. And that's not something I'm going to produce every week. It's, right. it's not possible to do a good job of it. Yep. Um, and, and I don't need to. Um, but I do still blog occasionally and I still do a lot on social. I still do social posts, maybe not every day. Um, but I now have four years, actually seven years worth of content. So I also have all, if you've done this right and you've written the content in a thoughtful, planned way and not just, oh, I've got to whip this off, I can at any point in time now have a library of things to reshare with people who didn't look at it the first time. And let's nice. be honest, yeah. I wish everybody I knew read everything <laughs> like my mother does, right? Because my right. mom does, you know, she's great. She reads everything. And then she signs me private notes, so it's not public. She's very cute. Um, and she tells me how proud she is of me. And I love it. She should keep doing that. But um, the reality is that we, um, we, there's this rich repository of really relevant content that I can reshare because most people don't look at it when I send it the first time or make yep. it available the first time. And so I can, as an event, sometimes it's a conference that comes up, even if I'm not attending, I know I've done some research or have an article that's relevant, I can now slide it in. Or I'm in a sales engagement where I know their pain point is something I've written about before. So now I go back and go, hey, you might like this article I wrote. It's a couple years old, but I think it relates to what we've been talking about. Right. And um, in doing that, I've found um, as I've built up this library, it's a much easier process. I also can whip out speaking sessions much easier now, right? I have a library of white papers, ebooks, and research. They make great um, pitches for a conference, right? And that, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a reason to start you know, content marketing now so you can build up that library of stuff that you yes. can go back to. And if you, you know, want to give YouTube a try, and you're not sure what to talk about, you can go back to an yeah. old blog post and, and talk about the, the same topic. Yeah. It, it's cool. hugely valuable. Like I said, it does take it, but don't let it, don't get scared by, oh, I've got to have a 90-day editorial calendar. It's got to have 50 things on it. Don't, don't let right. that happen. Just pick a schedule, pick things, and then go send them to your audience. Sit down with them, do a video conference with them, ask them over the phone, do a survey, however you want to do it collect feedback and prioritize. Their feedback is your prioritization. They will tell you how to rank order what you develop. And I promise you it'll be different than what you think it should be. <laughs> uh, I'm always surprised. And here's why. Because we, even unintentionally, always prioritize the things that are about driving sales for us. But yet, that is not always the most important content for our audience. For the audience, so, yep. For we us, have, yes. Right, the audience, right? Right? But in the end, it becomes the most important content for us. It's just yeah. our natural instinct is to do the things that talk about ourselves and are directly tied to a deal or an opportunity. Right. And sometimes that single opportunity is distracting us from actually the, the full audience. Paco, you talked about before, like focusing on the ideal customer profile that we are strategic for us. We want customers that are repeatable business for us, not just customers. Yes. Um, and I get cash flow. I Sometimes we take business because you need to take business. But if we can be strategic about it, um, the things you should write about are going to become much more natural and you're going to find patterns. And then later you get this great library, right, right. of things that I can now reuse. But you got to start somewhere. So start somewhere is, you know, um, don't let the big picture long-term thing stop you. And 
the in, your listeners are perfect for this kind of work because they're in technology. How to do something is completely relevant for your audience and their customers. And the more, sometimes you feel like, I don't want to give away how to do it because they're not going to then pay me to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and that's my business is to do these things. But the things that they are capable of doing often are teach them how to do it. Right. In my own experience, most of the time, they're not going to want to do it anyways. They're just going to appreciate right? like what's and, involved in doing right? it. <laughs> and then they, they're willing to pay you because they know yeah. what it is, right? right? And for those who can do it on their own, they probably wouldn't pay you much anyways, or they wouldn't be a recurring customer for you because if they could have done it, learn from you how to do it once, and they're probably not going to pay you again. So become the expert, right? And the content is a way to show your expertise and to um, help people understand how to solve whatever their immediate problem is and also their longer-term opportunities. Yeah, strive for, strive for clients, not customers, because obviously customers are going to be one-time deals. Clients, obviously, depending on how you get it, they're either going to champion for you or, like you mentioned, be recurring in some type of monetary way. Yep. And this podcast yeah. is a perfect example of it, right? You're doing yeah, exactly uh, that right now. You're doing content marketing right now. Yeah. Right. And I was going to mention, you know, Lisa Hendrickson, who we had a guest on a couple episodes ago, is a perfect example of this. She has built up an awesome blog um, and she gets, you know, she shows up first in Google for all of the keywords that she um, is is looking for. And that's basically just because of what we've been talking about here, consistency. Um, she does a lot of how-to articles. Every time she encounters a new uh, error in Outlook or something like that, she'll blog about how to fix it. And then bam, it shows up and, and people are looking for it, you know, because it's the hot thing and, and people are finding her. So that, that's a great example. If you guys haven't heard that uh, episode yet, go back and listen to that episode with Lisa Hendrickson. She's walking the walk as far as this is concerned, as far as good content and consistent content. And one of the things I'll also mention is sometimes we're a little intimidated because we don't yet have an audience. And so it feels like I'm going to create this asset and who's going to listen to it or watch it or know about it. Um, and so there are opportunities for you to take portions of that content or the content itself and also syndicated in other places, right? To get somebody a bylined article in a publication, right? Or on a guest post on someone else's blog. You do want to build your own audience in your own site, but sometimes you got to push things out there so people know about you. And mm -hmm. um, guest blogging for other people is a really wonderful way to do that. And most other people are looking for content, right? It's why you invite guests, right? For your audience. You want to serve right. your audience well and um, there are topics maybe that are not your expertise and you want to bring people in. And it's the same thing on people's blogs. And so I encourage people to not just say, I've got to keep this just on my site, but be open to um, sharing that content in other formats and other forums. And yeah. let, let that grow and, um, from there. Cool. Well, before we run out of time, I do want to uh, talk about your book a little bit because uh, it, it sounds awesome and um, it's called Unleash Possible. And I, I was just curious what what that title means to you and why you why you titled the book that. To me, Unleash Possible has sort of been a tagline for my consulting practice from the beginning, and it's really about that we have so much potential within ourselves as individuals and then with our businesses, and we often let our fear. Um, not knowing how to do something, internal politics, our long to-do list. We let a lot of things stop us from 
doing something that we think is difficult, hard, we don't think we can do. And to me, this, the whole book and the whole premise is you can do a lot more than you think you can. And this is about un, un letting yourself do that and figuring out what to prioritize and how to do some of the things that are foundational to being able to um, grow your business substantially. Yeah, we, we really can be our own worst enemy when it comes to yeah. this stuff and kind of get, have to get out of our own way sometimes. So um, I, I hear that the way you open the book is a little unique. Can you talk a, a little bit about how you, you start the book and, and what, what that does for folks? Yeah, um, it, it opens with uh, a CEO, a CMO, and a, um, an investor walk into a room. And that's sort of the, the first page. And, <laughs> it's not a joke. Um, it's, not a jo it's not a joke. It, it feels like a joke, right? But um, the opportunity there is... Um, it, and then there are three forewords. Yes, a, so not surprisingly, wow. an investor, a CMO, and a CEO were kind enough to give an award. And the reason that I did that was that so much of our business and so much of what we do is, um, relates to different parts of the organization working together. And marketing really sits at the crossroads of those two, those three things, those functions, as well as sales, of course, is, is an important role. And so I wanted to not have a single person write about marketing. I really wanted to use it in the context of running a business. And so this was my way of, of um, introducing what would be carried through thematically in the rest of the book is that marketing is about driving my business forward and growth. It's not just about how do I, it's, the book actually doesn't talk about how do I run a PPC yet. There's plenty of places you can learn that. Right. It talks about how do I get to know my buyers? How do I build a content strategy, right? Yep. How do I determine um, what I should be measuring in marketing, right? Those are the one. things yep. that this is, how do I align with sales? Those are the things that are in here um, and they are not just the responsibility of marketing. They're the responsibility of the organization. And so that's why I um, was fortunate to sort of start it in a slightly different way than normal. Cool, I like that. I like getting different perspectives on the same topic from different roles in an organization or different types of businesses or whatever. Um, Cause that gives you, I, th I think a deeper understanding of whatever topic you're talking about. Um, so, so that's cool. So um, I definitely encourage folks to check that out. We'll have a link to where you can get that book in the show notes. Um, and, and how can folks reach out to you if they want to see what you're up to or if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best place you can find me in the usual places. So I'm on Twitter at, at Samantha Stone. I'm also on LinkedIn at Samantha Stone Marketing. It's my URL there. Um, and if you want more information, as well as a bunch of free tools, right, links to the blog, lots of templates and checklists and editorial calendars and things, you can go to unleashpossible.com. So there's information there about the book, but there's also all these other rich resources. And I encourage people to use them. Um, to ask questions. That's why I produce it. So I welcome um, your feedback as well as your inquiries about how to apply any of this to your own business. Cool. And, and you're also um, generous enough to have a free editorial content template that folks can download. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes right. as well. So if you're listening to this live or the recording in the podcast, head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com and look for uh, the show notes for episode 12. And there we'll have that uh, that content template so you can kind of get started with how to get that, uh, that editorial calendar put together. Excellent. So, awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Your, your passion for this topic is contagious. I appreciate uh, you joining us and, and getting us fired up about content marketing. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. 
Awesome. So uh, that's going to do it for for the featured topic. Let's uh, before we move into the marketing tip of the week, uh, I want to give a shout out to our second sponsor, and that is the Unconvention. The DC Unconvention 2017 is the second annual conference for IT business owners. It's September 16th and 17th, so it's it's right around the corner here. Right after summer is over, you get the kids back in school. You get all that stuff settled down, and then you head on down to DC, Washington D.C. Join Paco and I, Corey Fruitman from Instant House Call, um, a bunch of other folks you know in the industry. A lot of people that listen to this podcast and all the other podcasts are going to be there. And basically, you know, I like to think of the the unconvention as uh, a mastermind on steroids. So we're going to have. Um, Folks who are just like you, who own a computer business, who um, are are part-time consultants, who are solo consultants, who have a shop, who have a storefront, who who um, have residential clients and business clients, um, all all that runs the gamut pretty much. And you'll be able to talk with them. We'll give you plenty of time in the schedule to to mingle and network. And I know that's been a complaint of of folks in in some of the other industry conferences. Is it's just it's talk after talk after talk, and then they shuffle you into this room, and then they shuffle you into that room, and there's no chance to really like network with your peers. And that's what we set out to do with the the DC Unconvention is to create a uh, a meetup style environment where you you know we're not in a conference room, we're in a um, a co-working space. So it's really kind of a cool vibe where you can just relax with fellow business owners. And much of the uh, the schedule is focused on small group discussions um, and and small group uh, workshops so that you can really you know talk one-on-one or with a small group of other business owners and figure out what's working for them, what they're struggling with them, help them with what they're struggling with so you can be the expert. And then you can listen to other people who are doing things well that you need help with. Um, and it's kind of a give and take environment. And that's what's really cool about the unconvention. We're also really excited uh, about our uh, expert speaker, who is Brian Best of bestmax.com. And it's cool because his story is the story that we all kind of want to follow, where he started with a part-time break-fix uh, computer repair shop, um, uh, working with Macintoshes, and then that uh, moved that into retail. So he had a retail location, and then he grew that into an MSP, and at different parts during his uh, journey, he sold the business, so he knows what it takes to, to actually sell a business. And now he's creating products that will help other technicians and other computer business owners. Um, so he's kind of been through all of the different stages of owning a business. And wherever you are in those stages, he's got a great story. He's got some lessons he's learned. So he's going to talk to us on Saturday uh, about uh, all of the stuff he's learned. Um, you can learn how, and, and really I think the key is how to grow from one step to the next. So if you're break fix and you want to be an MSP, how do you grow into that? If you, you know, work out of your home and, and you want to have a retail shop, how do you, how do you prepare for that? How do you break through? Um, if you want to sell your business, how do you prepare to do that? We're going to cover all of that in the expert presentation. Lots more. We provide breakfast and lunch. Um, lots of you're, you're in the heart of DC, so lots of cool things to do on your off time. And we'll also be getting together on Saturday night and maybe even Friday night if enough folks are in town um, to have dinner and just talk, you know, talk shop or not. Um, and just have a good time. So I'm really looking forward to the unconvention. We still got tickets available, uh, but they are going to be running out pretty soon. We do cap it at 100 folks, so we want to make sure that we don't get too crowded. So head on over to unconvention.io. 
Get your tickets there and you can use the promo code TSB to get $40 off your ticket. So um, it's definitely very affordable. You're going to make your money back and then some through the things you're going to learn at the unconvention. So I, I can't stress enough, get your tickets now before they sell out at unconvention.io. And I look forward to seeing you there. All right. So uh, before we close out the show, Paco, you have a marketing tip for us. What do you got? So as I was reviewing my notes over with the local uh, local business marketing summit, we they talked about a particular portion on Facebook, and one piece of it was the fact that Facebook is horrible with data points on reporting your business. And what comes to find out is that sometimes you may have multiple pages of your business on Facebook, whether it be pages, groups, some either added by users or from data mining that Facebook has done. So I went ahead and did a little search on my own, and sure enough, there were two other pages, one of the same page address that I already had one developed, and another one for an office that I already had closed and closed out that Facebook page. And the Mm. big piece to this is what they were saying is that you want to make sure you do this on a regular basis because in the event that, let's say, you have a customer that's trying to reach out to you, or if you have a customer that is not so happy with you and you need to basically help your brand, protect your brand, and really get engagement with the customer, if other customers see others that have messaged or posted and haven't received any word, it's going to look bad upon you when they try to think about you for their next service. The other piece of what they were saying as well is that a lot of us tend to leave certain categories out. And what Facebook is doing exactly like what Google is doing with their Google Maps local guides and try and fill out information, whether it's hours, services, pricing, parking, you name it, Facebook is now starting to do that as well. So if there are certain categories that you have that are not filled out and these are pages that are not managed, they can fill those things out, which may be incorrect which will also cause you some issues if people are seeing you on social media. And especially for those that are running Facebook ads for to drive traffic to your Facebook page or brand. So awesome. Yep. So that's something to take a look at because again, outside users can help make requests of these modifications. Hmm. So something you want to make sure that you either take advantage of taking over those pages and either merging them or deleting them once they're in your ownership that you've kind of proven that with Facebook. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's that's definitely something to look out for. Um, and I've seen that before, where I've I've like been interested in like when you can check into certain places in Facebook. Um, I'll see the place, and I know they have a Facebook page, but then the thing that comes up for me to check into is like some generic blank Facebook page without any information, and it's something maybe somebody else created because they d- right. couldn't find the original Facebook page. And you want right. to take ownership of all that stuff. So, yep. yeah, that's very interesting. Cool. Awesome. Great tip. Uh, Great, guys. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Let's keep the conversation going, though. Head over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. Let us know what you think in the comments over there or on Facebook. We love to interact with you guys. And don't forget, you can send questions and feedback to mail at techsitebuilder.com or just visit, again, the website computerbusinessmarketing.com. Yep. And if you guys listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review we love to hear your feedback and then every comment that you leave helps us to be found by others out there 
Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, uh, Tech Site Builder and the uh, DC Unconvention 2017. Uh, thanks, Samantha, for being a guest today. And thanks, everyone, for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. Your success.